everybody. Welcome back to the Burnout Brighter podcast. This is episode 162, and I'm super excited because we have Chase with us, who's an amazing, incredible, very talented artist. He makes beautiful music. He has done over 20, worked on over 21 games doing music and sound design. And I just went through his portfolio and it's incredible. I'm not going to go through the entire list. I did write it down, but I actually want him to tell me what his favorite titles that he worked on and what he's like really, really proud of. So I won't get into that. But Chase, thank you so much for taking time to come onto the show and talk with me. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so my name is Chase Bathia. I'm a professional video game composer, mostly work on a lot of independent title games. Did a couple AAA games, but well, actually I didn't do a couple AAA. I did, worked on a couple of titles rather, more like in a VR space. Um, but yeah, the majority of my catalog is independent games. And I've been working in industry for 11 years. I've shipped about 21 games in that time. Hope to do another 10 within a couple of years if I can do it. And yeah, I've been doing, I mostly specialize now in dynamic music composition. I don't do sound design anymore. I did that starting out, but this is mostly interactive music. So where the player becomes a little bit more immersed based off of their player inputs of what's happening on special events in the game. And I really, and more passionate about those things. So I write the music for the game. But I'm also doing something that's more along the lines of music design. In the industry, it's more it's called like a technical audio designer. But I work with something called an audio middleware, whereas in that talks from the DAW. Excuse me if you heard that as random. It's train. okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just some sound design folks. Don't worry about that. We it, make sure that happen. It, the train will never be that loud. It's just, of course, when you're recording right up all times. So <laughs> I don't know why I'm apologizing from the train. I didn't do yeah. it. So. <laughs> The, the trains. The, Go ahead. <laughs> get the hell out of here. So the purpose of it is just for, like I was saying, is the game. It's the music I write in the music software, and then this middleware is the in between between that and the game engine. And so when I'm writing the music, I'm thinking about what the player may possibly interact with or come to a player state in terms of the design within the game and then seeing how they those two can enhance the gameplay in some type of emotional form. That's really and dope. Yeah, that's I can go a bit on, but I think that's just mostly the the core of what I'm focused on and I do now in my career. No, that's so dope. I find music to be so, so inspiring. Like it jump starts a lot of my imagination for stories, for like drawings and things like that. So Sure. What made you decide to get into this field? Like, were you always like a video game nerd? I consider myself a video game nerd, even though I'm not very good at games, but I still love them. Um, was it like, was there a specific game that like kind of been like, was like this, the music to this is dope. I, I will, I will say one of my favorite games that I think had the dopest music that I played with my little brother ages ago was Toe Jam and Earl. Um, okay, I own that game. Okay, see, so I own it. I never played it. You though. never played it, like like the original well, there's one. A, there's a whole etymology why. Oh, that's there's okay. I don't know why I even react like that. I have so many games in my Steam library that I have not touched. So, um, please forgive me for that because I don't know why I'm judging. Anyways, if you ever get a chance, <laughs> if you ever get a chance, please play it. Like I think it was the first game I played that felt like it had some 
of our cultural influence in it because it was like hip hoppy kind of rappy for like the 90s. But okay. True. I, I'm, I'm totally going off on a tangent. Please tell me <laughs> what inspired you to do this and, and pick this as a career. So I was making music on the computer 21 years ago. And even before then, I was playing my first game console I discovered was an Intellivision. And my grandmother thought it was a fax machine. <laughs> and then I was looking at the back of the box. And when I told her, I was like, what is this? She's like, I don't think it's a fax machine. As I'm looking at the back of the box, I mean, it's valid, right? It's got little right. remote controls with dials. Right. And it doesn't so look like me. But I'm thinking in 90, when I discovered it, probably it was like 92. I'm thinking, I've seen fax machines and I don't, I'm, I'm, but again, I'm new to the world. Right. So I mean, only second, first grade child over here. I don't know. It could have been an old fax machine. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with it. But I'm looking at the back of the box and I'm seeing different pictures and I've seen different like pictures of like original football and American football and other pictures that just don't seem like fax machines would send this right. over. And so I was savvy with just mostly hooking up her stereo systems at that age, just figuring out plugs and doing things. So I figured out how to hook up an Intellivision and actually played my first game there. And then forward, my cousin from Barbados had brought his Game Boy and then I begged my grandmother for that. And so I was playing games on Game Boy. I was playing N64 games in Target and PlayStation. Mm-hmm. My dad ended up having a PlayStation and all those things. And so I was listening to sound tests when I was living in Chicago. And then when I moved out to California with my mom, and I'd always been in, around music. My mom is an artist and singer, actress, and dancer and everything. So I'd always been around music. And the computer music that I'm talking about is music I was making on the computers. It started out with Fruity Loops 3. Oh my God, I remember Fruity And before Loops. that was Hammerhead. Sorry, what are you saying? I remember Fruity Loops. <laughs> <laughs> I still call it Fruit Loops. Everyone's like, FL Studio. It's like, but, and, but yeah. So, the first track that I ever made, I probably should make this an NFT one day, is a track on Hammerhead. And then I found Fruit Loops 3 and I did that. And the first thing that I remember taking it to a bus stop was going, it was in probably ninth grade at the time. And I showed it to my friend. And she said to me, she listened to it, put the headphones on because I burned it on a CD. Mm-hmm. And she said, sounds like it should be in a video game. First thing she said, very first track I ever showed someone on the computer. They said it sounded like it should be in a video nice. game. And I heard that for seven years. Now I was doing hip hop and R&B at the time and trying, and I was pulling in this video game influence. Like I was rapping over video game things. I was flipping all the stuff. This is before Mega Rant even. So it's just that I wasn't accepted doing it. So it didn't catch on. Mm. And everyone told me, it sounded like she should be a video game. It sounded like she should be in a video game. And the universe and God telling me, is like, hey, you're going to be a video game composer. I'm, I'm telling you this mm-hmm. because do this for the people. So it wasn't the first game. It was mostly the experience of being told that for seven years, trying to do something in another industry, whereas you're not accepted, but you're pretty much pioneering before right. it catches on because of Nerdcore, where I did this 20-something years ago. So... It was mostly just finally in 2009, realizing, I guess the first influence of the game would be God of War 3. I, I saw a interview of a friend of, that is now a friend of mine of Composer, and he was one of the composers of God of War 3. And on, I didn't know him at the time. I just want to make that clear. Now he's my friend. But at this time, you want, I play this game, God of War 3. 
I absolutely love, played all the God of Wars before. I unlocked this video behind the scenes of music. And he says, video game music is great because you can do anything that you really want in the all creative ways that you want to do. And I think that's what I was struggling with the seven years is that I was being told it should sound like this, it should have like that, it should have this thing. And things are moving accordingly along in a way that I'm not too happy with. But if I could have that open freedom and I love video games, I was that's my first instrument. <laughs> Technically, I was making video game music on Game Boy Color back in 97. and Oh, sorry, Game Boy Camera and on back in 97. And so seeing that interview really had sparked my interest into becoming a video game composer. So I went back to school to learn everything from the basics again of terms of music I had, that I already had learned and to start over, chose a different instrument and went forward. So it wasn't necessarily a it had been many games I heard game music. I just never put the two together. Mm. That's how it all started until that interview. Okay. So that's really dope. I think the first, I, the reason why I know Fruity Loops is because I went to school for 2D animation. And um, okay. at some point we had yeah. to take like a class where we had to uh, make music and put it to like cut up videos and stuff like that. And I think the first time I ever played with anything um, I'm a very visual person is I found a bunch of tracks like you know how they're like all like um, you can get them like I don't know where you get them now because this was like forever ago but you could like just download um, tracks and they came like and they I don't know why I can't talk but they're like little try like not triangles but rectangles and there's a little bit of sound like a little sound clips yes thank you yeah so you're um, I took it into Adobe Premiere and this was probably like, oh my God, 2004 or something. And I made music based on how I arranged the tracks, not by yeah. sound. Yeah. So I was yep. like, oh, I really like this sound. And so it was basically like, and this, I, I guess this is for anybody who wants to get into music and they, they don't play an instrument. I literally did it by pattern. So I'd be like, oh, I really like this sound. So I'm going to do three of these blocks. And then I like this sound, so I'm going to do three of these blocks here. And that's literally how yeah. I was making music the first time. Yeah, that sounds um, like a yeah. Adobe <laughs> Premiere 4, probably, I would have to say. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, before Adobe Premiere was that, it was called Cool Edit 2.0. And I know this because that's what I was using to record some of the music that I was doing back then. See, like, it's all coming together. And then I got to try Pro yes. Tools. Um, oh. and that was like a whole different beast, but I, like when I tried it, I th God, when was that? I was probably like 2005. Cause I had to take it for a class. Um, yeah. I loved it. Like it was a <laughs> lot of fun. I think I put, there was some anime, I think it was ghost, not ghost in the shell. Ghost in the shell. It wasn't ghost it was... in the shell. It's the one where it's like based off of a really, really old movie and Metropolis. Met with the cars and the car chase or something? Or? No, it's like no. this android girl that they find. Um, it's based off of like a black and white movie. And then they turned it into an anime. And there's this part. At oh, the, yeah. That does sound familiar. Yeah. And then at the end, like she basically like destroys everything. Right. Because she's basically like the embodiment of this like ticking time bomb. Right. Um, okay. So I took I that. People are like, why is she going on about this? But I took that. I was super proud of it. <laughs> I took it and I put it to um, some music by... Louis Armstrong. And I think it was, um, God, what's the name of that song? I can't believe I can't think of it. Where he's talking about what he sees. I see something of green. Da, da, da. It's like a really nice song. Oh, okay. 
What a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. And I put it to the most destructive scene in this anime and it just worked. It was, I don't know what that's called. Like that's a thing. It's called something, but I am. Um, <laughs> It was just incredible. And I was like, oh, I really want to do this. So I started making music, but I kind of fell off because um, I think I wasn't as driven to make music as I was to like make animation. And the whole reason why I got into animation is because I wanted to see more black people in animated films. And I wanted us to stop being like the token or like the best friend. And then I thought like the way that, that I went to school, a lot of people were like, you need to know how to do everything instead of like really specializing mm, yeah. in one thing. I hope they change that now because that's a terrible way to do it. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I thought like, okay, now I kind of know how to make music. Now I need to know how to like try to animate and you just get burnt out because you're writing the story. You're trying to animate, you're trying to do the character design, you're trying to do the music for everything. And I think after a while I was just like, I'm just going to focus on drawing. So that's what I did. Yeah. And then I'm not even doing anything with that. <laughs> Went back to school for my <laughs> master's for 3D special <laughs> effects. I'm, you know, I've just been all over the place. And now I'm a marketing manager at an indie game publisher. Hey, so you, it, check that out. you just never know. You never know. But I still love to draw. But I'm really, the, the whole point of that long story was to say, I'm really happy that mm. you stuck with music. Um, and we were talking a little bit before about like how hard it is in the industry to really be seen and a lot of the titles yeah, that and heard and heard. Okay. <laughs> By the way, guys, check out, uh, black voices in gaming, which is coming out this month. Um, yes. it's super important because a lot of people who aren't minorities aren't aware how hard it is for us in the game industry and, and just in industries in general, especially in America to be seen and to be heard. And Chase definitely yeah. deserves it. Oh my God. Like he's shipped 21 titles and like what it, if anybody at Sony is watching years. this, you know, <laughs> yes, Sony, up, thank you. you know, I will, I'll tag yeah, him. Sony, you know, I love you. you know, I'll tag him. Tag him. I will tag him. Tag I'll me. Like, yo, <laughs> my boy Chase out here making music. Where y'all at? Yeah, where where's where put your money where the mouth is. Right? <laughs> Get some diversity up in there. But um Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I think that's super sweet. Like the whole thing about your grandma and the fax machine and everything like that. I love it. Cause then I was Oh, like, I'm so glad you loved yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'm no, so I really did. Cause I was like, oh my God, I think we're around the same age. Which makes me really happy. I'm not gonna say what my age is, it just makes me really happy. <laughs> Because like usually everybody's super young and I'm over here naming stuff and they're like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, okay. No, I see Transformers behind you. Oh my I'm god, I love Transformers. The nineteen eighty seven movie is my shit. Yes, with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. I actually it's fun another fun thing is I actually flipped that actual track and made a whole song out of what? it. What? Yeah. Yeah, I did the whole opening thing and did a, I did like a Transformers. Where is like, it thing at? And talked about because after this, oh, it's on my hard drive. Oh my like, god, you have to send it to me. It's, it, it, for your ears only. Then. Okay, okay. Listen, I, yeah. I will tell you something embarrassing that I tell everybody. I had the biggest okay. crush on Hot Rod. I was like, I was little, so right. people were like, "Oh, like a robot." I was like five. Like it's not like I was thinking about marriage or anything. But I also had a crush <laughs> on Raphael from Ninja Turtles. So Ralph, and your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie is? Oh my god, it's the first one, the first live action one. All right, I'll give you the first one. Okay. Mine's the second. I know that whole. I know that I know almost all the lines from the go second ninja, one by heart. Go it's ninja, insane. go! Yeah. <laughs> when Vanilla no, Ice no. was on top of they his like game, it. they really like it. <laughs> <laughs> what you call the police for? <laughs> I love that. 
Okay, I'm I sorry, guys. The funny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Right, we're going. We, we, we're, going we're gonna have to talk like outside of the podcast because now I'm just going Absolutely. off on random tangents. But okay, no, it's all good. So my next question is. You've told us what like inspires you and kind of like what got you into making music. And sure. in this industry, it being so hard, like how do you keep going? Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's really hard. There are so many times that I've talked to people and other developers who have just given up. Right. Um, so like, for example, I was reaching out to a lot of developers to talk about cross promotion and a couple of them were like, yeah, we're just not even doing that project anymore. Even though their page is up on Kickstarter, they've just stepped away from it. Um, yeah. So like what keeps you going? What keeps you motivated during those times where you're just like, oh, fuck it. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm actually in this period of my life right now. Whereas I don't I don't feel like, well, I'm not being transparent. I do feel like I need to, t- I do feel like quitting. I do. I... I'm very tired. I what's keeping me going is a lot of different things uh, that I keep reminding myself. A lot of people keep telling me how talented I am. A lot of people keep telling me that one day it's it's gonna hit. And it's and I was just talking to my father about an hour before the podcast, and he was saying, I was saying, yeah, I mean they've been telling me that for ten years, <laughs> but. So one is, I hope it's not another 10 years that it's going to be, but there, there are little, there are small wins that I, and I, I take screenshots and I remember things and it's, it's sometimes it's getting that random email from a developer who's just starting and me helping them out with their game and them wanting to commission me for music. They know my work. They heard my work from the reality soundtrack or from a ground or from any of my 12 soundtracks that I've done over the years and commissioning me for my work. It's, it's hearing things from the community about that are people in, a, in their ground discord community saying you're a God's gift to music that, that I have to remind myself about. It's, it's looking about where I am, where I've come from and where I am now and now seeing how my experimentations have created different opportunities where I do more guest speaking and I'm being asked finally, like everything I normally ask for, I'm thinking, okay, even though it's not at, and it wasn't at the pace that I wanted it to be, it's still the path that I had set forth for myself. And it's also building outside communities of even like game developer work, whereas in I've taken, I'm a big retro gamer and the reason I'm retro gaming into that and I own over 800 physical copies of games is because I use it to study game design and taking a break to remember and refuel my passion for seeing how the industry really overcame obstacles and grew over the eras of playing different games like that. And then me taking on a hobby thing, whereas I'm refurbishing games myself and I'm fixing consoles and rekindling that love that I have for the industry. So I take that into account. I'm taking into account that when I do get into a rut, I, I write out my feelings and the different anecdotes that I share in this. And I start thinking like, okay, I'm going to publish this book. And so I know that this book is going to help people in the future. And just sometimes just not doing anything, sometimes just really just not doing the hobby, not doing any other stuff, maybe just literally not doing anything related to it, not reading any news just taking the proper mental self break and evaluating what really matters and, and taking a refresher in my mind of when I'm ready to come back, then I will. And so it's an amalgamation I say of all those things 
in one. It's and it's a it's a lot, but that's what keeps me going. I would say is really just putting all those things in a pot and just letting it simmer. I think that's really one of the things that you said that I think is really important. And I wanted to bring out um, is experiencing burnout because that's, that's what that is where you just want to quit. And sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is step away from everything that reminds you of what you're doing. And that doesn't mean you're giving up. And I think a lot of people need to understand that even if your breaks a month long or like three months long, it's totally okay. Um, I really, dislike that whole grind until you die mentality that like has been instilled in us in America. Like that's the only way to reach your dream. Um, Because I think a lot of young people don't realize that like a lot of it comes from networking and being in the right place at the right time. And, you know, just putting yourself out there consistently and, and trying to get recognized is exhausting. Right. Yeah. Because it doesn't cut off once you go to be hopefully remembered. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. So like I look, I am hoping that you get the recognition that you feel that you deserve, because I think that's one of the things that's really important. And I know sometimes hearing people say, like, "I, I love what you do and I love your music. Like, it's really nice to hear all of that. But sometimes you just need that big person to be like hey, I really want to stand behind you and support you and push you and get you into rooms that you haven't been able to get into. Um, Yes, yeah. So I totally feel Uh, you on that. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and it goes along with my pillars of what I, what I, my mantra and what I have in life is that at least there's the respect, there's the consistency and the reciprocity. Any one of those pillars that fall, usually all of them go down, but something that is consistent that has that consistent and the respect of the work and that is reciprocated, I feel is a perpetual successful career overall in any, because it, it's talking about the, yeah, I'm, I'm behind you. They respect your work. So then, and they're going to be consistent about it. It's not going to be this one month thing and then dip out. Mm. It's going to be, you no, know, we're all the way. And they're reciprocating by showing you that they're doing the work because when you and say, Hey, I need something from you. Can you do this so I can present this there? You give it to them and then they'll giving you back the results of, Hey, okay, well, we got you in the door for this and so on and so forth. And that those three pillars are really is what builds the blocks forward for any character, any friendship, relationship, whatever it, it matters. No, I usually share that with people and they're like, wow, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, I, I mean, like if you don't have the respect and I think that's really important, I think respect is so, so, so important. I think a lot of people yeah. don't know how to respect or like they don't really understand um, everything that involves truly respecting someone, their art, their craft and things like that. Just saying you like yeah. something is not the same thing as respecting somebody and how much work and and they put into it. So you'll have people, I don't know if you've had this happen, but you'll have people who know that you're a hard worker and will take advantage <laughs> of it because they respect what you do, but not really, right? Because they don't really want to pay you what you're worth or like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) But they're asking you because they know you'll put in the effort to do it. So it's, that's not the same as respect. So I just want a lot of people to realize that that's being used and that's fucked up. And if you're a person who does that, like you need to step or learn what respect is because respect respecting somebody for their craft is not only saying, I like your work. Can you do this for me? But paying them, um, say talking about them in rooms, talking positively about them in rooms that they can't get into, um, opening doors for them, you know, not gatekeeping them so that they can't succeed. Cause there are people like that too, who like know that you're like, 
amazing, but they don't want to share that amazingness with somebody else. <laughs> and it just, it blows my mind. It really does. Yeah. So, and that, anyways, um, I think what you're saying is like very on par with how I feel about things um, when it comes to work. Like if I start to feel like you don't respect me at work, then this is not the job for me because it's just going to stress me out. It's the same way I feel about friendships and relationships, like relationships very, very much so. Because the moment I feel like you're not taking me serious and you're not respecting my feelings and you're not communicating with me, I just want to dip. Like I don't even want to waste my time anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yes. (laughs) Like, bye. Like I could do. Why would you? Exactly. You you deserve that. Why am I sitting here listening to this bullshit? I could be out eating a cheeseburger or having tacos or something, something I truly enjoy. But anyway, yeah, you enjoy. Yeah. um, (laughs) I think that's really important. And also for us who are in this industry, I think it's important for us to realize when it's time to cut ties with either Mm, a job or like people or even family. And I know this is going off on a tangent, but like, you only live once, so try to 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 surround yourself with as much positivity as you can because the world is already full of negative, just negative vibes. Yeah. And try to do things for you, not to make other people yeah. proud. Yeah, and that's that's something that we really need to like work on. <laughs> like, you know, so. Um, that's a big one there. And that's mm-hmm. that I struggle with that part of my career and in my personal life too. It's, and it's a hard chain to break, but when you, if you can break the chain, because it's easier said than done, but the mental work it takes to get to that is really where you make the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. When you stop questioning yourself for positive choices that you're making for your life, when you stop worrying about yeah. like, how's this person going to feel if I do this for myself? Right. So yeah, right. no, Absolutely. God, this has been so therapeutic and I didn't even think that it was going to be like this, but I'm loving it. I'm loving, <laughs> I'm loving all of it. Okay. So me too. Yeah. <laughs> my next question is, I, I feel like we grew up around like the same era. Can you tell me mm-hmm. like your top, I've never asked any, anybody this before, but I want to know what are your top three like favorite games? I'm assuming God of War might be one of them. No, no. Okay. Then uh, blow my mind. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So the top three favorite games, Beyond Oasis, number one, Okay. Sega Genesis. A lot of people know this composer for his Streets of Rage. Work. I fucking love Streets of Rage. Yes. Yeah, so okay, I say that, but a lot one. of people didn't know. The second one is my favorite Streets of Rage 2. Yes. Yeah. Solid. Oh my God. Solid. Yes. Solid work. But a lot of people don't know that same composer did the music for Beyond Oasis, which was a game that was supposed to rival a link to the past. That was their answer to that. It's the first large adventure game. I'm going to have to play it now that you said. Yeah, because the music is bumping. I literally have a favorite scene in the second one. And it's like when you, I forgot what level it is, but it's like right after the baseball field scene where you beat up those two big fat dudes who look like Tweedledum and Tweedledee. And then like the field, <laughs> <laughs> the basically the mound goes down and you're in an elevator 
Like the beat right. to that is so fucking sick. Oh my God. <laughs> I literally just play it. Like I found it on YouTube. I literally just play that song over and over again. I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Give it the spins. Yeah. Give it the spins it deserves yeah. for sure. But yeah. So just to let you know, it's, it's not probably going to be jams like that. It's going to be more adventurous and it's going to be a whole different direction. I actually did an analysis of it and Yuzuka Shiro had. I put it out there and then I tagged him and showed him saying, Hey, this is, I love the game so much and I really like it. And he ended up following me on Twitter. So it's my, oh, it's my like, like, badge of honor for my, oh my God, that's so sick. I'm going to go look him up on yeah. Twitter now. I'm going to do that after, so, after us. But that's number one. I have to say, because of just how, growing up with this, having it as a child, still listening to this day, I have a video game music workout playlist that I have curated myself. And I'd have to say it's Turok Battle of the Binosaurs on Game Boy. Okay. And the composer, Abelta Gonzalez, also follows me on Twitter. And I'm very thankful for that. Because th- having the people where and you're a child, oh, you yeah. never think that you're ever going to interact with any of these people. And now social media has made that possible with how having to you know, spend thousands of dollars to meet them in person is phenomenal. And this music and the gameplay itself is just really, really well done and so well-designed just from top to bottom, ins and out from the cartridge going in till you turn in the Game Boy off. It's just, it's just magnificent. So that would be my number two. Now, number three is a hard decision. And it's because I'm, I'm not super sure how, which like the slot it feels it's going to go in. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to just take a brief moment to think through my, my, like through the entire part of some things here. It's going to be Tomb Raider. Ooh, okay. So I've covered all three consoles. Tomb Raider 1996, Eidos. I, so um, <laughs> I love the game so much that I had realized that to, before I go to sleep at night for like, I think it was last month, I rewatched all of it with no commentary, just someone playing the game from start to finish. Mm. And I, and this is the one game I actually haven't beaten myself. I played it and I've gotten to, I think close to the last level, but the game platforming is so difficult on the PlayStation, the jumps, you have to time them so well. But the, I, when I went back and I was falling, I was putting it on before I was going to sleep. It's so therapeutic and so cathartic. And the level design is brilliant. It really is brilliant. And again, composer Nathan Acree, he he studied classical music when he was as a child through his father playing it. And the stuff he was able to create, I mean, that whole team with what they were doing, if you think about Sony Computer Entertainment was what it's called back then. Mm-hmm. And where they were trying to have things go was just, it's remarkable. The sound of being able to stream the music instead of it coming from a 16-bit era, but more of a 32-bit, this is CD quality. I don't even know if a lot of people know is that if you own the actual Tomb Raider disc, that functions as the soundtrack itself. If you press, if you just don't, if you press your PlayStation and you open the lid and it goes to the CD player and you press it down again, if you skip just the first track, the entire soundtrack is on that game. Oh, so 
that and I discovered that as a child by accident. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know that Sony had invented the CD right? <laughs> until later. And I was like, why is a CD player? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But that little cool nuances like that from having the soundtrack on the CD to the level design that they did when I'm looking backwards at it, it was hard as fuck as a child, but it is still good and holds, I in my belief, still holds up. And it's just, I just want to give massive kudos to that team. And I wish they would come back and make more games because we need it right now. We need it so bad. Oh, yeah. We need it so bad. Especially especially coming out of AAA companies. I just feel like they've gotten so kind of bleh lately, um, which is why I play a lot more indie games. What's funny yeah. is that you reminded me, um, I think the first, like, I never had a CD player, had a boombox, but the first thing that I had, which you would consider a CD player, was a Sega game, Sega CD, and it, Sega CD, it yeah. actually played music CDs. I remember that, and that was, like, my claim to flame through, like, my big-ass chunky TV that my dad put in my room. Anyway, Hopefully so, you still have that Sega CD. My brother has it. My... Don't let him get rid of it, and when he's ready, please contact me. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> he has all of our my dad was my dad raised me and uh my dad and my grandmother for a while but then my dad is basically like my my parent and um that sounded stupid like obviously he's my parent but um <laughs> i know what you mean it's all right um it's, it's okay he got us all the systems so like my very first wow. system and it wasn't because he wanted us to have them my dad is very like weirdly techie where he's like he wants everything even if he's not going to play it so the first system we got is when we lived in germany and he got us um an atari and my little brother was too little to play he was like two so like the first games i played on there i think was like galaga pac-man and smurfs galaga i am (laughs) I am wicked in that game. I have a high score at the arcade probably like 10 minutes oh away Oh my from God. Me. Do you and know what I just the, bought? Like, you bought the little one? I bought. Is that the one? The, I bought the little one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, that's the one I have. That's how I got really good. No, that's how I got better. Oh my God. And, and then I have because, a, and I love having an arcade it. machine right here, but you can yes. see it. But I'm going to switch I have it out the Ninja Turtle one. Ooh. Yeah. Because right yeah. now I think, what's on it? Centipede, Asteroids, and some other games. All I the classics. Even, I've never even played them. So when I tried playing them, I was just like terrible at it. So, yeah. But, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, switching that out for the Teenage so yeah, Mutant yeah, those three in Germany. And mm-hmm. And I think slow. the next one I got was a Game Boy. So my dad was, it was okay. during the Gulf War. And uh, he brought us back to the U.S., but he had to go back. Um, and so like one day he sent us this box and he got me and my brother, um, Game Boys and it came with a little Super Mario, uh, game. And I always know, I always remember that music and it was like, he got us that and he got us Batman. And I remember Ooh. Batman was so dark. I hated Batman, but I played it because we only had like those two, had games. The two games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you get better and you play it again. Yep. You get yep. better and you play it again. <laughs> I never played that Batman, but I played Batman forever. And that was, it was a tough thing between Turok and that one because the music between the two mm. and the gameplay style is just Batman Forever on Game Boy was, oh, I love that game so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the shit out of me, but I love it so much. <laughs> But thank you for sharing those games with me because, like, I definitely want to check yeah. out um, the second one. No, the first one that you said was Beyond supposed Oasis. to. Yes, because I think I think I have it 
on like my Switch. I feel like there was a sell of a bunch of games. Yeah, the Switch, the Sega collection yeah. possibly has Beyond Oasis. Yeah, yeah. So plug it in, thank, put it up. Thank you very much because I was like, I think I You're have welcome. it. It sounds really. I know. Matt's gonna be happy. <laughs> I know because I played it. Because I like never play my Switch, but I'm going to. I promise, Matt. I, he made fun of me because I bought two Switches, but it was because. At one point, there was like a limited edition for Animal Crossing, and I thought it was really cute, so I bought that one, but I've never played it or opened it, so it's just sitting up there. Okay. Yeah. Don't judge me. I also have- There's no judgment here, The trust. Atari Flash sitting up there in a box that I haven't opened. And okay. I have an Xbox over there that Justin sent me that I haven't opened. Look, I, you're, I'm telling you, you don't feel bad. <laughs> I don't want to get into, like I said, I did- I own 800 games and then say I play all. Okay. <laughs> but see, you're like oh, yeah. a collector, right? I don't know I'm if a I'm a co- collector. Now. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a collector. I just, I feel like that's the part of my dad that's rubbed off on me. Like I want to have it just to say I have it. And they're like, have you that's played collecting. it? <laughs> that's collecting. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm looking at the things behind you. And when, when things aren't open, that's, that's, oh, that kind of yeah. collecting. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> but Matt makes fun of me. Because like I haven't opened the Monopoly. I was like, this is a collector's edition. The plastic stays on. Like yeah, I did open see, this. Collector's one. edition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Storm and all that stuff. I have too much. And it's all stuff. good. That's, it's stuff. something for everyone. I was thinking about it's that today. I was like, if people walked into my room, they would think it was for a child. And not Who for cares? Adult. You like it, right? I do. It's, I love it. it I love it. Happy. Yeah, no, I'm not changing yeah, it. But yeah. <laughs> what makes you happy? Thank you. But okay, so. My yeah. last question is one okay. that we tend to ask all of our guests because we, like I said, our, our uh, podcast is called Burnout Brighter, and we really like to focus on mental health, social justice, and like obviously all game, all things nerdy and gamey. But um, yeah. what's something, whether it be like a, a style of music or a particular artist or even a game that has gotten you through like a really tough time? So for example, because we talked about mm-hmm. Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage 2 is that game for me, like when I was like okay. awkward in high school and I would just come home like upset and like angry, I would just play that game and beat the shit out of people. And it was just the most therapeutic because I'm not like, you know, I don't go out in the streets for real and beat up people, but like, I love it. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, <laughs> this would be a completely You're different G. podcast if it was. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, I just loved like, kind of like getting into that game and like not having to think about anything else and just smashing buttons if I have to think too much like it's really hard for me to play games where I have to like I don't like competing games I like working together games um but if I have to play a game that like like I loved Darkstalkers but like yeah I think it's Darkstalkers I think that was on Sega CD as well not sure. Feel like it was because I'm picturing the living room of my grandmother's house and I think that's where it was. Okay. But like, yeah. I'm terrible at those games. If I find one move that I know that can kick your ass, I will use that move over and over and over and over. <laughs> that is the person I am. So don't ask me to play those games. But what's a game that got you through a hard time? Or if it's not a game, a piece of media. Sure. It's, it's, it's definitely a game. The only thing is I've had a lot of tough times. So now there's three, there's three games that come to mind. All right. Shadow of the Colossus, Eternal Ring, and Breath of the Wild. So why, why those three For three different reasons. Okay. Yeah. So Shadow of the Colossus, I was going through a breakup. 
It was a really very, I think it was the one that shaped me into who I am today, I would have to say. And I remember I was still living at home with my mom. And I, I knew it was this one because my energy and my the way that I, I am as a person, she could tell that something was just off and different in what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I remember she came into the, my room and she said, are you playing your game? And I said, yeah. And I didn't, I looked at this game at GameStop back in the day for a time on the shelf and just glossed over it, didn't think much of it. And finally decided to just pick it up on a whim, didn't know much about it. This was before we had like YouTube reviews mm-hmm. and all the other stuff. YouTube was around, but it people weren't using it like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I took it home and then it, it was, ex- it would, if, if you, have you played the game before? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know about the premise of the story and the open land and then the first Colossus I come into in terms of battling and defeating. I lose my shit. I run out the room like, mom, this game is fucking awesome. It's like <laughs> Zelda, but it's like this and it's open. It's crazy. And she's, she's like, cool. I'm like, she's like, I'm glad you're having fun. I'm like, all right. And so I was just stuck in that world. And I remember coming across one of the tracks called Prayer, which I can now play on piano. And this is one of the inspirations of that. But Charlotte Colossus really diving into that game, finding about the time trials, all those, hearing about the story, that one really helped me escape the, the darkness with, that was pretty much descended around in my reality. So then we move into Eternal Ring. And... It's actually tied to a different breakup <laughs> that happened. Yeah, breakups. It's many do years, many many years later, and yeah, they're 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 not they're not fun. So thank God for video games. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> this one was another one. I I actually I talked shit about it in the beginning, and I didn't really understand how it was going to impact me because I was playing it before the breakup happened. And so once I got, once that unfortunate event happened and I just had to go through what I had to go through, I was still trying to get through this process of type of game. Now this game is, and I posted on, I think on my social media, I said before there was Elden Ring, there was Eternal Ring. Mm. So that will give you an idea of which developer this is. And big love to them because that it also shows a huge growth. Eternal Ring came out in 2000. It's close to like a launch game of the PS2. And the music was you know, just like off kilter and stuff, but I grew to become enamored with this because it was really a first person Dark Souls and not a lot of people knew about it and they're doing it. And now it's like going up in the retro community. You could tell like it's it's going it's up there even though that re-release. Yeah, and exactly. And, and rightfully so, right? It's I thought it was it's just phenomenal at, at the end of it. I did another music review about that one too because it really got me through, again, the tough time of just escaping the world and figuring things out and really just taking things easy and it being stressful, but not too stressful and just appreciating the de- the, the design and the, the mechanics that went into it from that time period. And then we come across Breath of the Wild. And my, my best friend, Afusa, had 
we were on a podcast together at the time and he said, you got to play new games. You're always playing the retro games. We got to have stuff to talk about. And I said, okay. So I had this Wii U that my other friend had let me borrow. And I said, all right, I made a deal with myself. I said, if I can, I'm going to go half on this game with this per- with uh, the person has a Wii U and we're going to get Breath of the Wild and play this new game. I said, but if this game is, if I can't turn this game on and off and get back into it like that, I'm not playing it. And I just thought that. I didn't think about, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't go to the E3 line. And I did that. I put it, I don't, when the Wii U, because I didn't have the Switch, and I put it on and I literally opened up the scene. And as soon as I could save, I shut it off. And then I said, okay, let's test it and turn it on. And it booted right up. And that was dangerous <laughs> because that showed me that I don't have to deal with any updates type of waiting time. And I didn't have to do any you know what I mean? Just go through a bunch of different hoops. I could just turn the game on and probably within a minute or two, I'm playing the game and I'm lost. And so it came to the point where as in, I, as I was, again, escaping my reality of, I think I was still in college and dealing with a bunch of other things musically, figuring out if I still want to do game audio, even though I've been nominated in the industry by this time and for my music and and just, just struggling with a bunch of stuff that I just lost track of time. So it's, it has a clock in the game, but it's not the it's not the our world clock. It's the game clock in the, in the world. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to play for a couple hours and it's eight o'clock. And then when I'm done, I look up, it's 2 a.m. Mm. And I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I need to get some sleep. <laughs> and it happened over and over. And I was playing in the dark too. So I had no collection of, I didn't have a window where I was. So I hadn't, it was almost like being in the casino, mm. but I was enthralled. And so when I went into, when I come out of the Breath of the Wild world and I opened the door into obviously where I'm life i'm seeing similarities colors and mountains and little patterns of things that i see that art imitates life in this game and i'm and and i became a better cook even because of this game too and it transformed my life i would have to say for the better and i I consider one of those games a masterpiece i love that all of your stories were so good like for real for real (laughs) on the breakup though for real for real like yeah i mean it's, I start I'm playing games I'm not even like super excited about. I'm like, you know what? Whatever. We're just going to try it. And then like, you end up loving it. It's wild. Yeah. You got to try it. It's, it's not, at least it, food is, yeah, I might have to need a drink to wash that down. But a game, could just, you're not feeling it. You turn it off. Right. And I have so many I need to play. So it's whatever. Or I watch other people yeah. play games that I, I'm too afraid to play. Like, I don't like horror games, but I'll watch like other people play horror games and like jump. But then I feel like I'm not alone. I can't play horror games by myself. So that's fair. Yeah. Too- Don't play the one I was nominated for. Then you'll definitely get freaked out because I did. I did some really cool stuff with the music on that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm probably gonna skip that one. <laughs> 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 not gonna lie. I'm not gonna be like, no, I'll check it out. No, I'm not gonna lie to you. I probably won't. If it, if it's super scary, I'm not gonna try it out. But. Chase, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk with me and shoot the shit. It's been incredible. Look, we have to have you on again. I definitely want to like blow you up and spotlight you. So anytime (laughs) you want to come on, please let me know if there's something new that you're working on. If if you just want to come on and talk about retro video games, let me know and we will definitely schedule you back because you, this Thank has you. been so much fun. But if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? 
So I'm everywhere that y'all are never there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting my name, Chase Bethia. That's Bethia, B-E-T-H-E-A. You can put it in Google and whatever you want to listen to, whatever platform, whatever social media stuff you've got going on. I'm kind of taking a break from Instagram, but feel free to follow me there. I'm still on Twitter. And if That's you're a developer, them. you're looking, yeah, if you're looking to work together, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook, but all the music and everything, Bandcamp, Tidal, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music, the list goes on. Play, po- stations you're, that are not even in this country, I'm on it. Trust me. He's so famous. <laughs> so, oh my God, just type his name into Google. I'm, not, I'm just trying to be the right frequency to be heard through the noise. That's, that's it. true. I, I like the way you put that. Thank you. So guys, that's it for this episode. But also, you guys know that we're having a special Halloween goodie giveaway giveaway. Why can I not talk today? So we have a giveaway of some games that we're going to put in a little goodie bag, which is like not really a goodie bag because they're all going to be steam keys, but you, you get the point anyways. So in order to be in this giveaway, you have to answer a question. And so I'm giving everybody trivia questions. Last week's question, I was wearing a specific sweater with little silver stars all over it. And I asked you what movie it came from. So I hope that you guys check that out. The second question, what movie showcases two major holidays and it's an animated stop motion film this should be really, really easy for you guys. You can watch this movie on Halloween and you can watch it on Christmas and it's perfectly okay. And there's only one movie that you can really do this with. Guys, if you can, if you don't know this, I don't know what to tell you. You may need to pull your card mm-hmm. and your cartoon card, yes. your reality TV show card, all the You're cards. booted. <laughs> but anyways, answer that question down below. And if you get it correct, we'll enter you into the drawing for the giveaway, which will happen on the 31st. So don't be shy. Oh. You have a computer, so you can just look it up, you know? Yes, Chase? I forgot to mention my first game sound, the first game I ever worked on, the soundtrack is coming out <gasps> this month. It's the 10 year anniversary. Oh my God. So that will be releasing hopefully this month as well. It's called Electron Flux. And the game is actually still playable on Android to this day if you download it. But I've been waiting forever to kind of get this done. So I just wanted to kind of quickly mention No, that. no, I'm glad you mentioned it. Please mention all the good things that are happening to you. Guys, <laughs> um, when that comes out, we'll update this video with a link so that you can go find it. Um, I Thank know you. I'll get it because I want to hear some of your music. And don't forget, Chase, that I want to hear the Transformer thing. So you already said I Yes. <laughs> all right. So guys, love you so much. Thank you always for your support. We appreciate it. Keep watching us. We got new stuff coming every week. And we will catch you in the next episode. Bye.